So I want to draw your attention to, to three passages of Scripture. The first one is in Romans 8:19. If you've been in part of this movement for any length of time, you've heard me quote this, but I'm going to quote it out of the NIV this time. The second is Daniel chapter 12, verses 3, also out of the NIV. The third is Matthew 6, verses 3 through 4. Here we go, Romans 8, 19. It says, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be, say it together. All of creation, that is the universe, that is everything that God created, is in, it's, watch this, is waiting in eager expectation for the children of God, that's you, to be revealed. Let's turn to you there and say, ta-da! 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 What up, Denver? Ta-da! Daniel chapter 12, verse 3 says, those who are wise will shine will shine. I got it, I got it. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So we got some revealing. We got some shining. Come on, somebody. That, that, that's the age that we're... We're, we're coming into Matthew 6 3 and 4 it says but when you do a charitable deed do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your charitable deed may be in secret in secret and if your charitable deed is in secret it says your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. You may be seated. Before you do, turn to somebody and say, it's showtime. It's, it's showtime. It's, it's showtime. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Good to be home. Hallelujah. Good to be back. Good to be with my peoples. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I've always been intrigued by that last passage that we read, Matthew 6, 3 and 4, because in it, it, Jesus, for the first time there, introduces this concept of that which is in secret. He, he introduces this idea about a secret dimension. Jesus speaks of of this secret dimension. If you do your charitable deed in secret, your father who sees in secret is going to reward you openly. And so, so it's always, it's been encouraging to me at, at a very um, elementary level, it's encouraging to me because it says that, that God doesn't miss any good thing that you do. Even if no one ever acknowledges what you do, 
In other words, if you do it in secret, if it doesn't happen on the stage, if you do it and you don't even get a thank you, God is keeping a track record of every good thing that you do. And in the process of time, he will reward you openly. And so it's been encouraging to me. That's always been encouraging to me because it's this idea of this, this secret thing. In fact, one of the things I've learned to do is I, I tried not to do anything for the acknowledgement of man. Be, because I, I've come to discover that God can do things for me that man just cannot. In fact, if you, if you read that, that passage in its context, it basically says that if you don't, don't do things for men, because if you do things for the praise of men, then you'll get the praise of men, but that's all you get. You, you'll get what man can do for you, what man can accomplish for you, but if you do it for God, the blessing is unlimited. So don't be, and this is for somebody, you've been doing things in secret and you feel like you haven't gotten any recognition. I just believe that we're going to step into a season where God is going to reward you openly for something you sacrificed and did behind the scene. You just did it because it was right. Do I have any people, you, 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 you know, people said you shouldn't do it. It doesn't make good business sense, but it was right. It had integrity in it. And we're moving into a season where God is going to reward you openly for the right that you did in private. But beyond, as it relates to in secret, beyond the fact that God's not going to miss any good thing that you do, what's more fascinating to me about that passage is that it reveals not only that God sees, but the way that God sees. And the way that God sees is in secret. And that's encouraging to me to know that God sees in secret because that lets me know that God, even when I don't see something that will encourage me, God does. Even right now, God sees something concerning you. You, you ever notice or you ever wonder why, why you've never read a passage where God was stressed out? <laughs> even that there's nothing even to suggest, certainly in my experience with God, perhaps in yours, that he even gets stressed out over you. I, I know that we try to humanize God and bring God down to, to what we would be if someone did to us what sometimes we've done to others. But there's nothing to suggest that God is like, <sighs> even when we are not living up to our identity in him, and it's because he sees something. So even when you're ready to give up on yourself, you got to recognize that God is not ready to give up on you because he sees you, he knows the plans that he has for you, and he knows what he put in you, and he's looking at that. He's not looking at your mistakes, he's looking at what he made. And so, so what I love about this in secret thing is that, that, that it's the way that God sees, God sees, God sees in secret. And this text also draws to my attention the fact that there are, this is important, that there are two uniquely interconnected realities, the secret realm and the revealed realm. Can, can, can I teach you a little bit? There, there, there's there's the, the secret realm and the revealed realm, and this dichotomy is referenced in Proverbs chapter 25 and 2. We're going somewhere tonight. Proverbs 25 and 2 says this. I love this. One of my favorite passages of Scripture. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Oh, God is good. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, 
But the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Wait, it seems like that. What, wait, what's going on here? This is this, there's this weird relationship between the seen, or the secret rather, and the seen. The, 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 the hidden and the revealed, and they're intertwined. And we see it right here in the text. It says, it is to God's glory. It makes God God. It is a part of the characteristics of God to hide stuff. <laughs> it's to his glory. Not to present to you everything at once. Because you got to recognize that God is managing the universe, and not just the universe as you know it, but God is managing the generations of the universe, the generations that were before you, the generations that will be after you. He is a strategic manager, puppet master of the universes. And so, so God doesn't just, he hides stuff, he doesn't just give you at once everything that's in his mind. Oh, hallelujah. For a number of, of reasons, it is the, the brilliance of God to function and to operate that way. It is the glory, it is to the glory of God to conceal a thing, but he doesn't leave it there. There is this other verse juxtaposed against that, and it says, yet it's the glory of kings or queens royalty, the children of God, to search out the matter. And it's interesting, that word that was translated search out is a Hebrew word, of course, and it, and it means to penetrate. So it, it is the glory of God to hide a reality. You can't hide something that doesn't exist. Hello? Are we together? It is to God's glory to make something that is real invisible to you. <laughs> and it's to the glory of kings to penetrate it to somehow, to some way, and I'll tell you how, through faith and faithfulness, you to penetrate realms in order to get what's yours. Two or three people ought to catch what I just said. It is to your glory. It is not to your glory that God shows you things and he gives you things all at once. It is to your glory to seek it out, to search it out, to become somebody in the process while things are concealed. Because it takes a special type of person to penetrate into the revealed dimension. Are we tracking together? Can we go further and a little deeper? And so, the secret realm, we're talking about the secret realm, is, is a reality that has not been exposed yet. So it's real. That's why God sees in it. That's why it is part of the characteristic and the nature of God to see in a dimension. It's how he sees. To God, watch this, everything is seen. What is hidden to you is seen. It is evident to God. It's wonderful. That's why you've got to trust God's voice when he tells you that something is there that's there. Even if you have to wait for it, the prophet of Habakkuk put it this way, though the vision tarry, 
Wait for it because in the end it will speak because that vision is for an appointed time. That excites me. You mean to tell me all the notes that I've been taking about what God's going to do in my life, things that God has caused my heart to trust and believe in, every single thing that God said to me is coming my way? That's exactly what I'm telling you. It is on God's calendar. Everything that God spoke is going to show up in your life at the appointed time if you believe it holler at me real quick holler at me real quick I can't hear you Denver holler at me Denver holler at me LA holler at me if you're watching online wherever you are in fact don't holler at me give God a praise and a shout if you know everything he spoke to you is making its way to it. All you gotta do is keep on walking. Can we go further? Yeah. It's reality, it just hasn't been exposed yet. There, there are two aspects, we're gonna go further. There are two aspects of the secret realm I'd like for us to consider. Two aspects of it. The first aspect is that there's a part of this secret realm that we're talking about that has to do with who you and I are on the inside. I'm talking about our character, our inner character. It's, it's, the, the, deepest, it's the deepest part of you. That's what, when we're back in, in Matthew and, and he's talking about don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. But, but just, this is a good thing that you're doing. Don't let anybody know. Just do it. He's talking about character. He's talking about who you are on the inside of you. And what's interesting, I always kind of wonder, like, what do you mean don't let your left hand know what your right hand? You know, what, is, what does that mean? Do, do the hands talk? <laughs> no, he, he's, he's, he's using language to, to help us to understand that this level of inner character, this, this level of inner self is so intimate that I like to use the phrase right-hand man, right? It's my right-hand man, right? My wife is my right-hand woman, right? <laughs> and I have other people that are on my left, you know, on my right, you know. But, but it's, it's, it's to say that this part of you is so intimate and so special that even what is so close to you that it's a part of you cannot access this part of you. I, I got to say that better. I got I, I to say that better. I got to say that better. He, he's, he's talking about this place in you that is only in God's purview. It's... It's the place where we connect with God. We are all here together in a corporate setting, Colorado, corporate setting in California, and we are having a corporate experience with the Lord, right? We're worshiping, we're hearing from God, we're hearing things, all that kind of stuff. That's wonderful, but, but that's not really what God is dealing with tonight. God is dealing with the deepest part of you the, your, your secret place that no one understands but you and the Lord. This is the 
the one aspect of, of being in secret. It, it's, this, it's this part of you. It's, it's, your, it's your, your inner character. And, and, and I might add, as a caveat, to throw this alongside, make certain that your secret realm, that part of you, is working for you and not against you. And we're going, to, we're going to talk about that later because that's what God sees. God looks at the heart. He's looking at the, he's not, he doesn't care what you put on. He, he doesn't care what you drive. He doesn't care where you live. That's not, that, that doesn't mean anything to him because he understands the temporary nature of it. There's a passage that says the man looks at all of that. Man looks at the outer appearance. There's nothing wrong with that. But he's saying that's not what I look at. He says, I, I look at the heart. And what I love about God is that he doesn't look at the heart to condemn you. <laughs> he, he, he looks at the heart to prayerfully, by his spirit, by his presence, by his eye, and by his direction, cause you to be who he's created you to be. I got, I got to get through this. I got to get through this. And so we're, we're talking about these two aspects of the secret realm. One is your inner character. It's the deepest part of you, right? The second one is this. There's a part of, of, of this thing that we're calling the secret realm that has to do with the realities that God has hidden until an appointed time. There are realities right now, right now. Watch this. These are things that are not getting ready to happen. These are not things that God is getting ready to do. These are things that God has actually already done. They are just as real as me standing there. But they are reserved unto a point in time, and so they hang out in the secret realm, and God is believing that you will trust him enough to know that what he spokes is not will be. Are you tracking? Are you tracking? And this is where the revealing of the sun's come in that we looked at, and the promise of the wise shining, because these are, these moments that I'm describing are God-ordained moments for God to, to reveal who you are to the effect of the transformation of everything around you. The reason why this season of revealing is so important is because you are God's strategy to change the earth. Are you tracking with me? You're like, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want you to do it. I want, I want what my, lead, my, my spiritual leaders or my, my social leaders or, or maybe my political leaders or, or whatever. I, I, want, I, I want, you know, the, the leaders in business or the leaders in technology. I, you know, I just, you, you're putting pressure. Oftentimes, we put pressure on other people to do what God has anointed us to do. Everybody in here. God's plan for your life is to be a part of the transformation of everything around you. That's why it is so vital that you are revealed because there are people depending on you. I feel that. You're going to shine. Do, do, do you know, family, if you do this thing right, you change everything around you. <laughs> oh, man, can we talk for a minute? If you do this thing right, if church is, it goes beyond being inspired, right? You know, and that's, look, we all need to be inspired. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about going beyond that. 
If you will understand that this is really about becoming, that this is really about becoming who God knew before he put us in our mother's womb, if we will really take God at his word and lean in and become everything that he says that we are, everything around you, watch this, will change. I'm trying to move, but, but I feel something on that. If you do this thing right, your family will change. Your community will change. I feel this. Your si- Everything that comes your way will change if you do this thing right. You'll be in the airport changing lives. You'll be in Costco changing lives. You'll be in Chick-fil-A changing lives. And you won't even know it necessarily. It'll just be happening. I feel that. Everything around. You've got to be who God's called. We, we, we got a lot of ground to cover. We got a lot of ground to cover. You are God's strategy. You're his strategy. We'll move on. There is always a revealing of what God promises and foretells. There's always a revealing. I was thinking about, you know, how the scriptures say that, say that God, God is the potter and we are the clay, right? And, 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 and he, so he's the potter and we are the clay. And I have a question for you. What potter exists for the sake of just spinning clay all day? The purpose of the potter is not to potter is not to spin clay. The purpose of the potter is to produce masterpieces. Oh, I wish you would catch what I just said. The, the purpose of clay is to not simply sit there and be clay. The purpose of clay is to become something. So the partnership between God and man, the partnership between the potter and clay is to ultimately come to this moment where there is a revealing of what was in the potter's mind from the very beginning. Do me a favor, shout, I'm being revealed. I'm being revealed. And, and so, so, so the reveal has always been the plan. And sometimes what happens is we have been on the wheel for so long that we lose sight of the fact that a masterpiece is coming. So, so we become so satisfied, and I get this, we're satisfied in the development, we're so satisfied in the development that we forget that the development is for the reveal. God's working on me. Yes, I know that. But he also wants to reveal you. He's not working just to be working. There is something in God's mind about you and about your life and about your community and about your legacy. I feel God, and that's what he is producing. Are we tracking together? The reveal. Mm-hmm. You're not just working on you and worrying you and me, you know, and just you. No, it's the reveal. And all of creation is eagerly waiting for showtime, baby. And I believe we're stepping into a decade. We're stepping into an era where it's getting ready to be showtime for God's people. If that's your word, give God about five seconds of praise. Showtime, baby. Rehearsal is over. Showtime.
I'm telling you it's true. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to reveal some practical things to you really quickly. We're almost done here. Another four hours, and we'll be finished. I want to reveal to you some practical things as I was praying. God, show me what you're doing. Show me what you're up to. And here is, let me just give you a disclaimer right now. True prophetic words are ambiguous with respect to discerning the specific timing. Let me say that again. again. So we're talking about the, the year, you know, and everybody's 2020 and clarity, vision, oh, whatever, that's fine. It's wonderful, right? But, but we don't really understand, watch this, the difference between a day, a year, a decade, and a millennia. Why? Because remember, what does God do? He hides things. He conceals things. You remember when Jesus, over, over in Acts, and, and the disciples were asking him, you know, when, will, will that be the time, you know, will that be the, the, the consolation of Israel? And he's like, don't nobody know. He probably didn't say it like that. Don't nobody know. <laughs> Don't nobody know that, man. <laughs> no, he talked about how it was the father, how the father was the only one who had, had perfect insight on the timing of things. So, so when we talk about the year, we could be talking about a day, we could be talking about a decade, we could be talking about a millennia. So no one truly has a corner on the precise timing, even as we give a prophetic word. Can I talk to you like that for real? So, so I'm speaking, I'm declaring, this is a year of revealing, but it might be a decade. It might be a lifetime because to be honest with you, maybe it will take a lifetime for God to fully reveal you to the optimum. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there really quickly. Let me tell you what he told me was going to happen in this era, in this age, in this time, right? It's going to be a time of really six things that I saw. One is vindication. It's going to be a time of vindication, right? That's why the Bible says vengeance is mine. So don't, don't try to, you know, fight and all that kind of stuff and get back and don't do that. God will vindify. Vind he will vindicate you. Vindify, that was a word. God will vindify you. <laughs> he's going to vindicate you. He, he's, he's going to do it. You, you, you were, I feel the spirit of God. Just receive this prophetically. You have been misunderstood You've been misunderstood. You have been, and who I'm talking to, I'm talking to. You've been misunderstood. You, you have been, uh, people have, have, have put stuff on you that's not even you. It is the most frustrating thing when someone who doesn't even know you puts something on you that's not, it's just, it's terrible because you, and you end up trying to defend yourself, but then, wait, why am I trying to defend myself against someone who doesn't even know me? And I hear God saying, I'm going to vindicate you. And let me tell you something. There is nothing that anybody can put on you that will stop God from what God is going to do in your life. God's going to vindicate you. You're worried about your reputation. And I hear God saying, watch this, I hid you. I hid you. I hid you the whole time. I hid you because I'm getting ready to reveal you to the right people, to the right scenes, and to the right situations. Vindication. There's going to be a time of vindication. 
He also said it's going to be a time, it's going to be a time where some of you are going to go from, watch this, from overlooked to can't be missed. Rush, I feel, I feel God. If that's your word, look, I don't even have to preach it. If that's your word, just catch it. From overlooked to can't be missed, those who are wise will shine. Because you did it in secret. Because you did it in secret. Because you didn't give up. Because you didn't get weary in your well-doing. Because you held on to your integrity. Because you held on to your character. Because you didn't give up on God. Because you said no to the right things and yes to the right things. I'm telling you, God is getting ready to reveal you. See, here is the thing. You are never overlooked. You're just hidden. I feel God. I feel like dancing in God's house today. You are never overlooked. Being overlooked is just a feeling. How can you be overlooked when God sees in secret? Can't be missed. I'm coming through, baby. I'm coming through shining. Not with my own shine. It's going to be God's shine on my life. And I'm going to start attracting things to me. Everything that God has assigned to my life is coming to me. I'm getting ready to shine. Shine, shine, shine. Come on, somebody. This little light of mine. But it ain't going to be no little light. The Bible says the path of the just is like a shining sun that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day from overlooked to can't be missed. Mm -hmm. Let's run through these. God says it's going to be a time of vindication. It's going to be a time from going from overlooked to can't be I almost can't get off that. You serve a big old God. He is the great I am. See, you wanted to shine in your own time, by your own means. And God says, nah, 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 nah. We ain't going to do it like that. I'm going to put my shine. I'm going to put my shine on you in my timing. Because this shine will never dull. Hey. Man cannot control this shine. There's some people shine. I can't wait to get to my next point. There's some people shining right now, but it's not even a real shine. It's a reflection. It's not even the real thing. Because this shine that I'm talking about is from the inside out. It's in a safe place. It's in a secret place. I don't need nobody to put their light on me. Oh, God, I don't... I don't need nobody to put their light on me. God has already put his light in me. And when he gets ready to turn that thing up, there is no darkness that will be able to overwhelm the light that is me. I am a light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You don't have light. I feel like something wants to break out of here. 
I said I'm going to be nice and, and real reserved today, but I feel the Spirit of God in this house. I feel like heaven's light is coming down. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Your shine is coming. Your light is coming. Arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is rising upon you. Uh-huh. You thought the shine was, was going to come from outside. God said, nah, bruh. No, sir. No, ma'am. It's going to come from the inside out. I got to protect this light. I, I can't make you bling too soon. There's some people in here, and you are God's secret weapon. I feel the Lord. I'm about to go crazy in here. You've been hidden on the backside of the desert like Moses. God was protecting your shine. But the revealing is coming. The revealing is coming. The real thing. The thing that you don't have to compromise for. The real thing. Mm. It's going to be a time of also balancing the scales equality the scales are being balanced we already see it scales are being balanced things are going to start adding up this is the season of the faithful underdog hey the faithful underdog oh i feel the spirit of god it's going to be a time of justice and judgment. Justice and judgment. We're afraid of that word judgment because we get all spooked out. No, judge, judgment is when God reveals what is him and what's not. This is a season for the real people, not the fraudulent people. God is going to reveal every, every fraudulent individual. I don't want to call it individual fraud. Every fraudulent motive, every fraudulent business connection, everything that is fraudulent, God is going to God is going to reveal it in this season for God's people. Man, let me tell you something. It's going to be hard for fraud to do business with you. Cuz you're just going to be finding stuff like, "Oh, wait, hold on." They're going to Because this is the age of the revealing. Exposure, that, that shine. God is going to expose some things, right? And when something is revealed, when it's exposed, there will be awe and amazement. That's awesome. That's wonderful. But let's be honest, there's also going to be shock and disappointment. This is the world. But it's always good to have truth. I, I would rather, I'd rather have an ugly truth than a pretty lie. <laughs> I, I, I got to move. I got to move through this. And here, here's the last, like, thing that, that God showed me. And I'm sure he's showing you things as well. No one has a corner on everything that God is doing in an age, right? But God, he told me this specifically. God's going to reveal what's truly valuable and what isn't. <laughs> he's going to reveal 
what, what truly has value and what just is purporting to have value, right? God's going to show you that there, there's some things that you have held in high regard that are actually worthless. Can I tell the truth and prophesy tonight? And, and, and then he's going to show you that there are other things that you despised or thought little of that are actually the most value. Mark my words. That's balance. God's going to balance. That's, that's judgment. That's justice. Oh, I thought that that was worthy of investing all of my time, all of my energy, all of my focus, and you're going to get it and say, I have nothing. And then that thing that you said was nothing, was insignificant, not, not important, not worth your time and your energy, God is going to reveal that, see, I feel like there, there's treasure in what you call trash. You're going to find treasure in what you used to call trash. Are you tracking with me? Mm-hmm. I want to dig a little deeper. We're almost done. I want to dig a little deeper into this thought of revealing. Now, let's go to Romans 8 and 19 real quick. We're almost done. I'm going to dig a little deeper, a little deeper. Back to Romans 8 and, and 19. Here we go. I just want you to get this revealing, how this revealing thing works. So when it says, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. That word revealed is an interesting word. It's a Greek word, and it's the Greek word apocalypsis. And we have always associated the apocalypse, apocalypse with doom. That Greek word literally, here's what that word means. It literally means disclosure. It doesn't mean doom. It just means disclosure. It means, the, it means to, to be revealed. It means to, to be manifest. There's another Greek word, in fact, that was translated manifest, or it was translated in English, the word manifest, it's a Greek word, phanero, and it literally means, watch this, I love this, it means to make apparent, to make apparent. In other words, it doesn't, it doesn't say to make, it's to make apparent, to disclose, to, to make obvious what was once hidden. And that's what he's going to do with some of you. And, okay, I need to start landing this, this, this plane. I'll say it again. There's some people in this room, and you're truly, you're God's secret weapon. You're God's secret weapon. You, you've been through some stuff. You've been on the backside of some desert. You, you seem most, you seem the least likely for God to use mightily. Like, I mean, the least, you were the last. You're like David, right? Whenever we're going to anoint the king, right, the next king, David was so unlikely that they didn't even call him out. He was the son of Jesse, right, just like everybody else. But when they came to bring out the sons to be anointed, they didn't even bring him in the room. That's some of you. You're his, I feel that. You're, 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 you're his secret when you've been through some stuff, and there were angels watching out for you. There were angels protecting you, covering you the entire time, the entire time. Okay, we, we, we got we to go. There are also some thoughts in that Daniel passage that I want, that I want to point out really quickly. Let's go to Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, uh, really quickly, really quickly, and then I'm going to give you, some, I'm going to give you an exercise, and then we're going to be out. I'm going to give you an exercise. We're going to stretch. No, that, that's not what I meant. <laughs> so Daniel 12 and 3 reads like this. 
It says, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many who lead many to righteousness, me shining, when I shine, it allows me to lead. Some of you are going to be more effective in this new season because of your leadership is coming to you because of your shine. God's going to, it's almost going to be like a switch. He's going to turn a switch on. Something is going to come out of you and people are going to begin to follow you and you're going to lead them into the right things. But, but that's not what I brought you there for. Study that on your own. I want to talk about this word wise because I think that this, this, this is important, this word wise. So the word wise, the Hebrew word sakal, and it means circumspect and hence intelligent. In other words, to be circumspect, and there's something about being circumspect that makes you wise or intelligent. What does it mean to be circumspect? The English word circumspect was borrowed from the Latin word circumspectus, which comes from its origin is circumspicere, and it means, watch this, it means to be cautious. So the basic meaning of that word circumspect, which is what the text is calling this wise person, and this wise person is the one who's going to shine. This one, and shine, and ultimately lead people to righteousness, is going to shine brighter than anything. That's you, right? The basic meaning of that Latin word is to look around. Is to look around. And so, so that word speaks to being alert, and I believe in this season we, we're going to have to be alert, very alert, right? It, it means to be aware. In this season, we're going to have to be aware. We can't just be, we can't just go with the, just with the flow. Because here is the thing, if you don't have a strategy for your life, you're going to be a part of somebody else's strategy. There are people selling books right now about you how to manipulate you, how to get you to do this, how to get you to do that. And so, so watch this. So if you are just, you know, what, uh, what Napoleon Hill called a drifter, if you are just a drifter, then you're, it's going to seem like you're doing nothing, but you are going to be doing something. You're going to be doing exactly what somebody created a system for you to do in their strategy. Are you tracking with me? And so you got to be aware, you got to be alert, you got to be paying attention. You know, he says you got to look around. You, you got to be searching, right? You got to be discerning. You got to be asking. But I felt God was saying that it's not just looking around in your present circumstance, although that is true and it, it is a meaningful instruction. But I believe he's also talking about looking around, this is important, looking around via inquiring and asking questions about your previous season. Mm -hmm. Looking around, not just looking around in your present, but looking around as we're, we're getting ready to step into a new decade. I don't believe that you and I are ready for what's next until we have accurately assessed what was. I, 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 hindsight is twenty twenty. But I also think it's going to prepare you for 2020. You know, one of the things that I noticed, and my father-in-law brought this to my attention, and it was, just, it was just an epiphany. But most people only see in years. So they're talking about the year of this, and 2020 is my year. But I learned that, that wise people see in decades. Oh, 
you got to get this. You got to get this. You got to get this. Wise people don't see in years. They have a decade mentality, and sometimes the most profound people have a generational mentality. And, and having, for me, having a decade mentality keeps me from throwing in the towel or being completely thrown off when I have a bad year. Anybody ever had a difficult year? But, but see, when I, have, when I have a decade mentality, I still got a 90% chance of having a good decade. Are, are you tracking with me? And, and, and what I've learned, what I've learned is that, is that if you tally up, not just last year, but the last 10 years, for the most part, you will notice an upward trend. Kind of like the stock market, right? The stock market does this. It does this. But if you watch it over a decade, or if you watch it over two decades, typically, most of the time, almost all the time, 99.999% of the time, you will notice that it has done this. Some of you ought to give God a praise, not just for last year, but you ought to give God a praise for the last 10 years. Because if you look at where you've come from, baby, your life has trended upwards. And if it didn't in one area, baby, it did it in another area. I'm wiser than I was 10 years ago. And I understand a lot of times people are so young, they don't have enough decades under them to think in decades. I get it. But once you hit 30, you got at least one decade that you can do an analysis on. Are you tracking with me? Think about it. They don't talk about 1977. They talk about the 70s. They don't talk about 1985. They talk about the 80s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the thousands, the tens. And now... We're moving into the 20s. The 20s. You got to have a decade mentality. But in order to look forward, sometimes you got to look back. And this is my exercise for you. It's my exercise for you. Uh, and and I, my father-in-law, we were just talking, and we, I had a chance to spend some time with him last week. And, and he was like, yeah, y'all young people, y'all, y'all, don't, y'all just look at years. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you got to look at decades, son. And I said, wow. <laughs> because if you look over, if you look over the decades, it's a completely different picture. It is almost to shortchange yourself and to deceive yourself by only looking at the year. So he challenged me, and I'm going to challenge you to do an analysis over the previous decade. And in doing so, here are the four questions that I want you to ask so that we can step into 2020. So we can step into 2020, our best self. What did I lose in the last decade? Be honest, be real. What did I lose? What did I gain? This is so important. What did I gain? 
What did I learn? Uh-huh. What did I learn? What did the last decade teach me? And then if you're able to, what was the theme of my last decade? Mine was alignment. The theme of the last decade for me was alignment. It was, I lost some things and I gained some things. And when you do the math, you realize that you trended upwards. I learned some things. And so did you. Why is it so important? I'm done. Why is it so important to do an analysis of the last decade? It's so that you can step into this decade the very best version of yourself. And that's what I want for you. This is a decade thing, baby. And you made it. You made it. You made it to the season of the reveal. You didn't quit. You didn't give up. And you didn't die. You are still here. God is not finished with you. And I believe he saved the best for last. Come on, stand with me if you would. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. If you're here, <laughs> if you're here and you felt God was speaking to you, and you just say, you know what, I receive, I receive that. I receive that this is the year, that this is the decade, that this is the season, that this is my time to be revealed. And by faith, right, I'm going to penetrate it. By faith, I'm going to press into it. I want you to come and meet me here at this altar, if that's you. The second point of this invitation is if you're here and, and you heard about this being a season of revealing and exposing and, and those secret things not being a secret anymore, and you want to bring some things to God that are in your secret place, not in the thing you tell your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your husband, your wife, whatever, the things that you know if they were to be exposed right now, it would be traumatizing. It wouldn't be where you want to be. And you say, you know what, God, I want to bring my, my secret things to you because I don't want anything to delay my reveal. If that's you, I want you to meet me here at this altar as well. Don't worry about who's looking. Something's going to happen. And the third point of this invitation is if you're here and you don't know the Lord, you got to know God. <laughs> and you can know God. You, you, you won't necessarily be able to put God in a box and define God and know everything there is to know about God. That's not going to happen. That would make you God. But you can have enough of a relationship with him through his son by the spirit of God. <laughs> you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will lead you. And the Holy Spirit will feed you. And the Holy Spirit will talk to you. Just like I'm talking to you now. The Spirit will whisper to you truths. The Spirit will make you wise beyond your years. 
the Spirit, the Spirit will reveal the hidden things. The Spirit will make things that look on paper not look good. That look good on paper not look good in your heart. And you'll know. There's, there are things, family, that I have missed that I would have not missed. And I mean missed, and it was a grace that I missed it had I not had the Spirit. In other words, my calculations, the, the criteria that I have for business, the criteria that I have for relationships, all that, all those things checked off. But there was a check in my spirit. See, one thing you got to realize is the Holy Spirit is all wise. He knows not just what is, but what will be. And so sometimes you're buying into what looks good now. But in 10 years, it'll be your worst nightmare. So I'm talking about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I am not interested at all in getting you to subscribe to religion. I'm, that's not my deal. That can be your deal. Wonderful. Whatever. I'm talking about truly having a relationship with the creator of the universe, the God that knows you. In fact, the God that had his hands on you before he put you in your mother's womb. God, you, you didn't start with mom and dad. You started as a, as a thought in God's mind. And God in his wisdom said, I need, in order for you to be you, I got to hook these two people up. But it didn't really have much to do with those two people per se. Of course, there was some significant there or he wouldn't have used them. But it's God's thought. You are God's thought. And if I am God's thought, then I need his thoughts by his spirit to lead me into who I am, what I need to be doing, what I need to be focused on, who I need to be connected to, what moves to make, what city to live in, what business to start, what business to end, what relationship to initiate, what relationship to shut down. That's what we're offering. So if you're here and you say, I want to have a relationship with God. I don't want to do this thing by myself. I want to be covered. I want to be covered. I, I, I want to, to show up in life with confidence because I know I'm not by myself. And not because somebody told me, but because I feel him. I feel God on the inside of me. Saying wonderful things to me about me. Saying, I got you saying no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That if you abide in, in the secret place, you'll be under my shadow. I got you covered. A thousand might fall at your right side and 10,000 by, but it will not come near you. The spirit that will make you say like the word says in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. I'm talking about a relationship that will give you confidence in any room, in any season, in any place. I feel God. The voice of God in your life. That's you. And you say, I want that. I don't want to step into 2020 without the voice of God. I don't want to step into 2020 without a relationship with God. I want you to come and get as close to this altar as you can. Come on, Denver, I see you. If you're here and you say... I need to rededicate my life to God. I need to rededicate my life to God. I'm not, I will not, I refuse. I refuse to start another year in the same place. And I see God like 
the father in the prodigal son story with his arms open like this, watch this, saying, I knew you'd be back because I see in secret. I saw this, I feel the Lord. I saw this day. Here's God's word to you. You didn't disappoint me. I can't be disappointed. It takes ignorance to be disappointed. Did you catch that? The only way for you and I, God, to be disappointed is if they expected something that didn't happen. Therefore, God cannot be disappointed because God knows the end from the beginning. There's nothing hidden. He sees everything. God is not disappointed. Who am I talking to? Come home. Come on. Come on. If you're in L.A., come on. If you're in Denver, come home. Come home. I see you coming. Come home. Come home. Honey, please pray. Father, for sending this word that reminded us that our light is still down on the inside of us. Father, we thank you for preserving that light over the last decade, that fear couldn't take it away, that depression couldn't remove it, that disappointment didn't shake it. Father, you kept that light alive when we thought we were going at things by ourselves. And for that, we say thank you. Before we ask for anything else, before we step into this next decade, Father, first we wanna say thank you. Thank you for being a keeper when no one else could be a keeper. Thank you for helping us to make a way when everyone else turned their backs on us father it was you that kept that light burning down on the inside of us now father as we step into this next dimension I feel that prophetically for somebody this is not just the next decade this is a next dimension a next dimension of who you are the next dimension of what you're going to do in the earth you thought you were coming to the end and I hear God saying you were breaking through to the next dimension so father when we break into this next dimension we ask that you would take any away from us that would dare dim the light that is down on the inside of us and that that light would burn so bright that we would draw all men to us father we want to be a monument for your glory so we ask that you would break every thought that you would break every generational curse that you would break everything that is keeping us from standing in this light father we receive this identity we receive your glory over our lives. And we ask that you would uproot anything that wages war against what you already know and that you would give us strength, Father, to seek out those mysteries, to seek out those glories that you know about us, even if we have to do it alone. Father, we're turning our face to you, not towards a deal, not towards a relationship. We're turning our face to you and we're asking that you would reveal us to us, that we may come to understand what you've always known about us, and that we would step with authority and power into every situation, every opportunity, every relationship, because something took place as you were preaching this word that reminded us that you're still with us. Someone came in here with a friend, they came in here by themselves, but Father, they're leaving with you. Let this just be the beginning of a revealing that takes place over the ages and over the years. Seal this word, Father. Let it take root and let it produce fruit. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Anybody believe that prayer is real, that God hears and answers prayers? I believe that something happened to you. I believe that something happened tonight. Listen, Happy New Year. Can we give it up? Come on, Denver. Come on, LA. Happy New Year. We love you. 
This is going to be an incredible year, an incredible season. God is going to reveal you unlike ever before, and you will shine for Jesus' glory. God bless you. Love you so much. See you Sunday.